This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Hey everybody! Hey, things are going great. You know this uh, this two and eight series for Sauna Talk has been uh, really well received. Um, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, Daryl Lampa, uh, founder maker of the Kuma Stove Tower, Minnesota, uh, please check it out. And this episode ties right in to it. Uh, this episode is with Jeff Hill. Jeff Hill is a lifelong tower resident, much like Daryl Lampa. We talk about the Kuma Stove. Uh, and Jeff, he's, uh, he's been in the realtor game, land development, uh, for 30 years. He knows every uh, nook and cranny of uh, Lake Vermilion, this lake that I'm looking at right here, right now. A uh, 26-mile-long lake in northeast Minnesota. Uh, we're about 20 miles from Ely, Minnesota, and the Bounty Waters. Uh, there's people, there's canoes on, on the car racks, people driving through Tower all the time to get to Ely and the end of the road. And uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff knows Lake Vermilion inside and out. He, uh, you'll hear the intro story about uh, Paradise Island, an island I bought in um, May of 1989. Jeff was the first guy I got to know in Tower, Minnesota, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say he's still, still around, still kicking, and still the same character he, he is today as he was back then. Uh, generous guy, uh, caring, very outspoken, potentially controversial, uh, but fun. And uh, he, he makes me laugh. I hope uh, if you're listening to this sitting on an airplane somewhere or maybe driving down a road in a busy city, you know, maybe this little episode here will bring you uh, to the North Country and hopefully put a smile on your face as well. He, he's, a, he's quite the character. Uh, he talks about the Kuma stove and his father buying the, the wood stove for the house and, uh, you know, using 10 cords of wood to get through a whole winter in an era where, you know, fossil fuels weren't, uh, you know, oil and gas and stuff wasn't used. I mean, people were very old school uh, uh, just a generation ago. Um, Jeff uh, ran a mail, mail route for 20 years. He was on the Tower Fire Department for 20 years. Um, and then we get a surprise uh, uh, phone in from a guest, uh, uh, a guy that, uh, that that I hope you guys will get to know more if you don't know already. Uh, I'll save that for when it happens. Uh, and then we talk about Tiny House. And the tie-in to that is quite interesting because where we uh, were taking a sauna um, is at my lake cabin. Uh, that sauna, and I'll try to put a link in the show notes, but if you want to see that structure, I encourage you to take a look. All you got to do on saunatimes.com is in the search bar on the right-hand side. Just type in these two numbers, 1216, in the search bar, and it'll. Uh, the reason why those numbers work is those are the dimensions of my, what Jeff calls, Instacabin. That's 12 foot by 16 foot. Anybody thinking about building a sauna and having more than just a sauna and a simple changing room, uh, I think you'll appreciate the the structure and the design and the multi-function of, uh, of my island sauna. And uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, had his hand in that, uh, what he calls the Instacabin. Uh, my office, uh, a wonderful guest cabin. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife and I, we would elect to stay down in the sauna guest cabin when we would have guests to come up because we love the space down there so much. We would, uh, we would just uh, relinquish our master bedroom to our guests um, so that we could take a vacation on our own property and go down to the guest cabin. Uh, there's a great story, uh, switching gears, there's a great story that Jeff uh, has taught me. Um, it's never lock your sauna, and, and you'll see why, especially the winter time. Uh, by not locking your sauna, you uh, send good karma and, and positive um, uh, vibrations out to folks who may get held up, may run into slush on the lake, who knows what. Uh, but having a, a, a sauna ready for people is... Uh, is the right thing to do in the North Country. We talk about jumping through a hole in the ice, um, then back to this tiny village thing. 
uh, it's significant. Uh, this this tiny village has got millennial written all over it. In that, uh, you know, folks that are younger, maybe that don't own their own real estate, you know, they're very uh, excited about experiences instead of things. And you know, tiny house uh, plays into that. Uh, so he's got Jeff's got a project that he's brewing with um, with regard to a village of of tiny homes. So we'll see about that and see where that goes. Um, and then we talk about the fundamentals of, of a good sauna and steam, the steam effect, three rounds. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if you don't like um, uh, the experience of a, of a hot tub, which I particularly don't like, all that chemical stuff on, on my body and who knows who else's sweats in there and that water and stuff. So Jeff kind of summarizes uh, pretty well. And I'll, I'll let you listen in on that, uh, the parallel between a hot tub and a sauna. And, uh, and then we talk about a mobile sauna on a pontoon boat up here. And, you know, Jeff says, get your name in the game. Um, and up here, you know, you get up and out at 7 a.m. if you want to make uh, money. And, and I think that can apply anywhere. Uh, get up, get going. Uh, then we talk about something I encourage you guys, uh, anybody have high blood pressure and stuff, I'd like to get some feedback on Jeff's cocktail. Uh, you could try it out. Um, so without further ado, I'm just going to dive right into this podcast today. Uh, greetings from Northeast Minnesota. This is the 218 series and welcome Jeff Hill. Hey everybody, welcome to Sauna Talk. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous August evening here on Pine Island, Lake Vermilion. And I'm just so overjoyed tonight to be sitting here with a friend, dear friend, a guy I've known over 25 years. Actually, the first guy I got to know on Lake Vermilion is my realtor, the guy who sold me uh, the island I bought in 1989. And <clears throat> a little backstory on uh, Jeff Hill tell you what a neat guy he is is uh, my girlfriend at the time Julia she became my wife uh, she and I came up on a Thursday evening and look at this property this island and uh, Jeff took us out there on his boat and uh, we checked it out <clears throat> and I knew right away it was what I wanted and uh, Jeff you know w we just took a liking to him and uh, we went back to his office uh, in, in town in the town of Tower and we wrote up the paperwork and uh, he called the owner Remember Margulies was Richard Margulies, yeah, that was his name. He was an attorney down in Des Moines, and he came up here, and then his wife left him, you know, that goes. And and then uh, one thing led to the other, he wanted to put it up for sale, and, and he, he didn't make a good profit on it. He put a lot of work into it. Yeah, and I mean, the price was right, and uh, <clears throat> we put the deal together in about 20 minutes. And again, to Jeff's... Um, uh, you know, character. He we walked across the street to the tower tower bar, the the, the local bar, the municipal yeah, and you, the uni, uh, municipal liquor store. Yeah, and they bought us the White House. Used to be White, so they call it the White House. Yeah, and bought Julia and I a beer or a drink, and um, said, "You're cabin owners." <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think if you back up a little bit, I, I let you kind of try before you buy, you know. Well, okay, I, okay. see, you remember that a little differently. Uh, I think the try before you buy is, in a realtor's term, correct. But as I remember the sequence of this thing, we drove up Thursday evening. Yeah. At like 7 o'clock, we had the paperwork signed, and Julie and I had no place to sleep that night. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, when I told you this, we'll go back out to the island and sleep there. I said, the guy, he don't he don't care. He wants me to get it sold, and, and uh, I'll take responsibility. Go out there and enjoy it. And that's what we did. It was, uh, it was all done within an hour and a half, two hours. And I remember that night, you know, you remember certain things in your life, like, really well. I was 26 years old. Julie was my girlfriend. <clears throat> I just closed, not closed, but I signed a purchase agreement for my own island. And then Jeff let, lets me and Julia go stay the night yeah. out there. I mean, Jeff, in all of the real estate transactions that happen in this country, I would say that there's, you know, that first of all, that would never happen today because of liability and rules and God knows what, right? We were dealing with two pieces of paper, one to list it and one to sell it. Now it's the size of a Minneapolis phone book, the folder. <laughs> uh, so how long were you a realtor, Jeff? 
Oh, I I was licensed for about 25 years in it, and uh, in Minnesota and the state of Colorado, and um, then I've done a lot of real estate development in between there. So I, I've been in and out of the game 35, 30 years. Wow. So Jeff, um, let's talk about sauna. I mean, that's what people are listening about, and uh, I gotta say, you know, let me just give you my quick connection uh in 1985 86 87 i was over in scandinavia i came back to the united states i moved to minnesota because of the topography uh that i love uh, about northern minnesota and i found lake vermilion and i found jeff hill and the whole idea of the property but you were the first guy i met up here uh in 218 and uh, <clears throat> we didn't even talk sauna when you were my realtor, but very quickly after that, you came over to my dock, the, yeah. and you started taking me around to saunas on Lake Vermilion. Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. I think one time we got a little bit tipsy, and we kind of went out there, and I went on Ely Island, that log cabin sauna. Yeah. yeah tell, tell us about that cabin sauna. Yeah. It was on Ely Island. Yeah, we went around there, and we said, I know this guy. You don't care. We're going to light a fire up there. And he was the teacher in town? Yeah, yeah, he was a teacher up there in, in uh, Big Fork there. Right. Yeah, and we toured a lot of saunas, and I built one out at my place. And What do you buy, like 10 sauna stoves already? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he had a kuma on his stove, uh, as his stove, didn't he? Uh, no, I think he, ma he made his own. I, I had a kuma at my place, and... There wasn't that many getting around, you know, as many as you thought. Uh, the hills up there in Sedan, they all had Kumas. They were big Kuma fans. But Daryl sold those things. He was kind of working in the community. He worked in his little area, you know, that he right. wanted his friends and stuff. So that's how he promoted that. So you're speaking about Daryl Lampa, <coughs> uh, the Kuma stove. So he's now, if you go back to that period of 25 years ago, uh, he was developing and selling his own design of, of sauna stoves. And you were probably one of the earlier guys. You, your first Kuma stove was was bought, uh, what, 30 years ago, Jeff? Well, my, my dad bought one when they first came out. We had a big old house and the insulation hard to heat. And, and he, he got into the, into the, he bought one of the Hurt, one of the Christ. I think back then it was 395 bucks, you know. And and because Herb Lampa, Daryl's father, had designed him, and Herb was a real smart, smart man, and uh, engineering and stuff in the background, and uh, yeah, we had one in our house, and we heated a sixteen hundred square foot house on ten ten cords of wood. Wow. <clears throat> and the thing about Tower, Minnesota, is in nineteen ninety five. I think uh, this record still holds. And February second, nineteen ninety five, minus sixty. It's the continental U.S. continental cold record that's still held for over 20 years. Uh, so if there's any community that knows the importance of wood heat, I would say it's, it's this area up here in northern yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, that's 60 below out there. You go outside and spit into the wind and it'd come back frozen. I wouldn't take a leak outside either because you never know what happens. You could plug up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's another story there. <coughs> but, yeah, I get cold out here. People come up and they say, what are you doing if that ain't cold? And I go, stay inside, duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was a lot of action outside. I remember talking to an old-timer who, who actually drove that day, and the deal is with your tires is there was a flat spot. You, yeah. you know, did you ever encounter that? Oh, yeah, it's really bad on the snowmobiles. The tracks get stuck, and you got to put a come-along on them to get them going again, and the drive belt squealing on them, burning off. Uh, cold weather is tough. Uh, my rule of thumb, when it gets below zero, I'll I ride the bus. I ain't messing with the car. Right, right. So 25 years as a realtor, you've had uh, an illustrious career up here. and you, well, you were born in Tower, right? I was born in a sedan hospital. Uh Right in Sedan, Dr. Moeller's, 1954. And uh, besides uh, uh, Realty, didn't you run the, the boat? The, you run a mail, a mail route for a bunch of years, John? Yeah, almost 20 years I run the star route around Lake Vermilion and uh, Vermilion Lake, the surrounding areas, about 100 miles a day. And mm -hmm. 
delivered the mail for that, and uh, yeah. And tell us about your your work with the fire department. I put twenty years in <clears throat> at uh, Tower Fire Department Ambulance Service. Did a lot of. Um, it's not like Donald Trump here. Great things. <laughs> <laughs> Pat myself on the back, which you never get credit for, but uh, we provided a lot of programs, Ballard Turnbull and I, rest his soul, uh, that have lived on and have provided a perpetual source of income for the city, a tower, and the ambulance service and its employees, and also enhanced the medical care that we can provide out in the field. Well done. <coughs> so back to Sauna. Um, as you look back, you know, growing up in this region, Tower, Minnesota, on the shores of Lake Vermilion, um, what is your first recollection of sauna? And just tell us listeners here a little bit about what sauna means to this community up here, Jeff. Oh, boy, you'd have to ask me that. When I was a little kid, uh, my dad would go down to the Stanley Anderson's house. They were Finlanders down there. His dad, Arvid, he had a sauna in the basement. And the guys, I, I couldn't have been, oh, I don't know, six, seven years old, and I just thought it was kind of weird, all these naked guys going behind the door out there, but I didn't say nothing, so <laughs> that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And so but, but and so you'd be invited in with the dads? Yeah, I didn't want to go in there, though, you know. You know, those guys running out, and I got that little mushroom cap there, and that, I wasn't going to compete with that, no way. When did you first in start enjoying sauna? Oh, probably, oh, I suppose 14, 15 years old I started, and then every piece of property I bought, once I got interested in it, really uh, had a sauna in it, and I've always liked them. Yeah, right on. And uh, <clears throat> would you sauna jumping through holes in ice ever? Oh, done that, been there, done that. Yeah. What's your opinion? What's your opinion of that? Well, you got to watch it because when you go in a sauna, your body gets hot, you know, and you jump in the snow and the snow is crystallized that night, you'll actually cut yourself. And I've seen it happen and you'll be full of blood because your skin's so tender, you're like you're like you're cooking a gall darn turkey or something, you know. Right on. I'm joined remotely here on telephone by John Peterson back in Minneapolis. John, say hello on Sauna Talk. Glenn, hey. We're here with Jeff Hill, and I got to tell you, John, Jeff is a dear old friend. He was the realtor that sold me my first island on Lake Vermilion. He got me introduced. Yeah, right on. He got me introduced to the Kuma stove, um, and he and I way, way. Are you recording an episode? We are recording an episode live right now. Yeah, JP, and I'm. I got you on speakerphone. <clears throat> on beautiful Lake Vermilion, it's a gorgeous night, and I'm so. Uh, you know what? We would have found the. Uh, I found Lake Vermilion, but Jeff was the realtor who sold us the property. Right, but we we just got. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. And it's so cool to have him up here. We got the sound on idle. We are not in round one yet. We're trying a little different format. We're just sitting here, uh, totally relaxed. Um, I'm on Jeff's standard time. I better go check that sauna. Remember what Daryl says? You turn that thing up, that thing will dance right across the gold darn floor, for Christ's sake. We so, can't, we can't have that. So we have to. So Daryl Lampa is very cautious about overheat. You know, too much oxygen in the fire in the stove. Wait, in you the got fu- Daryl Lampa in there too? No, no. He's. We're gonna get him next. Well, well, okay, so JP, I, it was very rude of me to call while I'm on the phone here, or on the recording here, but uh, I wanted you to say hello to the audience, and any, any, I'm going to call you back, but any words for the listeners? Well, I just, uh, I just sent you, uh, I just sent you an album that would be perfect for your sauna. Right on. Do you, do you do music up north? Oh, yeah. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, it's called it's Bears Den. It's like Kurt Vile uh, uh, time traveled back to 1989 and produced an album. <laughs> nice. I love the recommendation, That's, and we're gonna pull yeah. it up. Um, uh, the Bear Den. Yeah, pull it up. Sample. Uh, I think. Well, what do you get? You get like a few seconds before you have to read that. Yeah. No, we'll get it going, uh, and I'll I'll check in with you, and I appreciate the call, JP. 
Yeah, glad to know you're in the sauna tonight, like tonight. Right. Oh, sure. hey, no, John, John and Jeff, you guys need to talk. Jeff is the pioneer of this tiny village with the tiny house oh. project. It got the most hits on it got the most hits on my website of any article I posted when I posted that post that you told me to make that they never knew anybody we kind of surprised them on that one didn't we yeah it got the most hit like 70 hits in, in a couple of days see see what, what can you explain that to me like that was a did you write that glenn i don't know <laughs> sorry did i is it the one i wrote or the one you wrote i linked it to the facebook page see the what i wrote in there that thread yeah and i and i put that over there and I did the whole. I did reproduce the whole article on a cut and paste. Okay, so before this podcast is over, folks, I promise you we'll circle back to this. And uh, JP, I, I, I'll check. I'll check in with you on it too. Is that cool? Circle back. Fill it in with a few verbs and um, and vowels. Okay, duly noted. <laughs> See you, buddy. Enjoy, hey, enjoy, enjoy your six song, five. Guys. Okay, so <clears throat> so let's just dive into this now. Uh, folks, that's uh, John John Peterson. He ties into this sauna talk in a great way because, you know, he's into this tiny house thing. And Jeff Hill has been in the tiny house for before the term existed, right, Jeff? Yeah. Well, yeah. It started with the Insta Cabin here. We uh, came out here, and and Glenn said he goes. What's the first thing I need on the property? I says, well, your island property, you're coming from mainland dock. Duh. <laughs> yeah, you can get out of your boat. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, you know. So we built a dock, and then? Yeah, for, and then we started this cabin. I said, you need a place. To, what's He said, what's the next thing? I said, well, you need a place to keep your tools, you know, so you ain't hauling them back and forth. He said, well, I'll build a shed. I said, well... If you keep it this amount of frontage, uh, footage, you don't need a permit. If you want to make it a little bigger, get a permit, real easy to file. I said, uh, and tell him you're planning on putting a, a dry sauna in it with a little cabin. And uh, he had, who, who designed that out for you? So this this uh, this sauna guest cabin that we'll be enjoying here, and there's a link uh, to a post on Sauna Times that will give you guys some images of this but it's a 12 foot by 16 foot uh sauna guest cabin uh porch <clears throat> and my office so multi-function screened in porch that, that's a really nice feature of I it mean, you go cool down there you that's know right, yeah. right. Secondary cool down. that's right right that's right i like that secondary cool down then go jump in the lake yeah <laughs> or the other way around well, we'll whatever comes first depends what time it is and well how far in a cocktail hour you are well <laughs> and how many rounds you've had in i mean that's the beauty of sauna in a yeah, way i you that three round method then i yeah know, I, well the three round method has been confirmed from multiple people in multiple continents and i find that is a beautiful thing about sauna is these universalities right close the door being rule number one right jeff yeah, well, I we talked about that door deal when you first came out. You said, well, I should lock this up. I said, well, put your tools in a secure spot or something and then leave it open. He says, why is that? <clears throat> well, in like 1965, they were running these the Skidoo snowmobiles, the old 10-horse, chunk, 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 didn't go very fast, you know. And they hit open water in Little Narrows, which are actually always is, but they didn't know it. It was late at night. You think they were 612ers? No, they were local people, and uh, they went around the point, and Warren Craigness, my great friend, the bank, on the State Bank of Tower, he had a cabin, and he left his sauna open, and he told us, why do you leave your sauna open? He said, somebody may go through the ice and need to get warm and may save their life, and that's exactly what it did. That's amazing. Jeff taught me that, and I apply it, and I, <clears throat> when we close up our cabin, and the, well, the sauna never gets locked, and that's a Jeff Hillism, and I think uh, I've, if it doesn't have its own post on Sauna Times, it really should. Because when you, whether you're in Finland or Sweden or Canada or Lake Vermilion, where we are here, it's just such a comforting thing to see saunas dotting the shoreline. It's it's this. Back yeah. right then, I went on Ely Island and Harlan Ciro, that was his name. He built it out of cedar logs. We hauled every one of those up the hills. Well, that's why I got free sauna. I'll tell you what, drug a nut out on that one. We got right. him up there, though, and that, it was always open. He said, Jeff, if you ever need a sauna, stop on by. You know how to operate it. That's how it was back then. Right on. And I'm just 
projecting here, but <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of Finnish, um, uh, Finnish political uh, ethos of more of a socialistic vibe, like where people look out for each other. Is there a corollary there, Jeff, or am I am I reaching? Do you think about how the Finnish people by nature are very community spirited and, and in this in an economic thing you know they kind of follow a more socialistic mode than a capitalistic mode am I reaching here or do you think there's a corollary between Finnish culture and leaving the sauna open well you know the Finnish that was that was their that was the family bathhouse everyone went in there and that's that's how you bathe you didn't have running water back then and it was community based the sauna's open oh, if you want to absolutely wanted. come on over sauna nights on Wednesday at Airhouse place and on a Toivo's there on Thursday night so you can make the sauna rounds up here and just have a sauna every night if you wanted that's great that's great so um did you ever hear back to the sauna never locking your sauna and you know what i do in my sauna is uh and again jeff taught me this is i'll have some you know birch bark in there you know a few sticks of wood and uh, i even make the joke jeff it would be fun to leave a couple bottles of cognac a little airplane bottles of cognac saying you poor sucker I'm on your team, right? Yeah, well, the neat thing about about that is there you, you leave it set for it to go like that. If somebody needs it, they can get in there. Otherwise, when you come there, it's all set to go again. Yeah. You know, it's just common uh, sense, man. Yeah, yeah. This isn't rocket science here, you know. It's just uh, being uh, kind to your neighbors and friends. That's what it's all about. So, uh, Jeff has developed properties on Lake Vermilion. He's purchased them himself, as probably many enterprising realtors would do. Um, he's built his share, you know, mainland and island, and has been a great, you know, inspiration about the idea <clears throat> that he just referenced about you have a main cabin, and then you have a sauna as a separate structure that is a multi-purpose space. And we can kind of get into some of the values of that, how a sauna as a separate space, you know, offers its own value. But I would throw in the mix, Jeff, and interested in your thought, is that it's even more paramount, uh, the idea of a separate structure for sauna, it's even more paramount at lake cabins and, and homes. And you want to touch on any of that? Does that? Well, yeah, it's nice to have the sauna by the lake. And, and the, I believe the restrictions, if you have a, have a dry sauna, I believe yours is a dry sauna because we haul the water. And once you pressurize water, you don't need pressurized water. Water falls out of the sky, for Christ's sakes, you know. <laughs> what the hell you need to pressurize for, you know? Uh, totally. You know, we, we complicate life more than it really should be. Oh, well said, well said. And these separate structures up here uh, for lake cabins or, you know, cabins and and that it works great with extended family like jeff tonight is going to be staying at what he calls the insta cabin which is the sauna guest cabin he'll be staying down there tonight in a 12 by 16 space perfectly adequate when you have guests that come up i might not leave yet you know i, I, I brought a suitcase out here you know that yeah i got my mobile office right in there you may not get rid of me that quick so i, I may have to change the internet password so it'll send you away Oh, no, I'll get around that in a hurry, yeah. All right, so we talked about no water, uh, no pressurized water. You know, for those thinking about building a sauna in the woods, by a mountain stream, by a lake, you know, where maybe there's no electricity. You know, we just, Jeff and I, I think, are totally in alignment. We just want to encourage you guys that, not, you, you, like he says, you keep it simple. Right. With your sauna, it doesn't have to have running water. It doesn't have to have electricity because the fire creates the heat and it's a natural process of a very minimal requirement. Wouldn't you say, Jeff? Real simple solution. You just put some troughs on the, on the metal roof off there and throw it into a bucket. You'll never run out of water. Not up here you won't. No. But if you're building a sauna where, the, where maybe water is more scarce... You know, hey, you, you got to deal with that. I don't know what you're going to do, like dig a well or whatever. But predominantly, saunas work where there's water, streams, lakes, islands. It's, it's a big attraction, you know, that going jumping in the lake. You know, I've seen the mayor do it. The governors have done it. You know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a challenge. And uh, once you experience it, it's... Uh, it's quite the it's quite yeah. the feeling, quite yeah. the experience. It is, you know, uh, the backyard shower is great. 
uh, you know, idea of dumping a bucket of water over your head, sure. These are wonderful things to complement a sauna round. But as Jeff says, there's nothing like jumping into a lake and uh, just looking out at nature between rounds, cooling down on the dock. Right. Darn rusty crayfish taking over the lake. They come bite at your feet now. We didn't have those back then, you know. Oh, what the? Going to hell in a handbag, isn't oh, it? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, let's get into a couple. Um, I'm just trying to think here. I got a couple of rapid-fire questions for you, Jeff. But, you know, I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, um, tell the listeners a little bit about the parallel between this sauna building, the, you know, outbuilding at a, pro at a lake cabin and whatever, and the functionality of a sauna and how it, it it sort of has propelled you to start thinking about tiny houses and also uh, add to that a little bit about what's going on with Jeff Hill. Well, the, the tiny house concept, you know, er, anyone can build a, build a tiny house. You know, it's, they're putting them on wheels and that just scares the living crap out of me. You know, pulling up behind your gull darn uh, Subaru, you know, going down Interstate 90. And I don't think that's a good deal. I, I just don't think it is. So I want to build... The portability, like, don't move tiny houses or no, just I move them once? No, I want to have them on skids, and we'll call a professional mover. And if you've ever been to North Dakota, it's done all over the place. They dump them off like, like dumpsters, you know. They just roll off carts, you know, because... Mm -hmm. We're talking some of these houses are built out of, out of storage containers and, right and and stuff like that. So I want to go with the panelized construction. of the, But I, I'm not into building tiny houses. Anyone can build a tiny house. Any contractor can throw it together. The problem with the tiny house market is zoning will not let you put it there. I tend to work with the state legislatures at, at, uh, at the state level in, in the state of Minnesota, so Tiny Village USA can develop a plan similar to uh, what Oregon and Washington, very proactive into the Tiny Village. And they, they've got a thing created there where they're taking their water lines, coming a 24-inch water line, and putting these turbines in them that are propelled uh, water turbines, and they're ge generating enough to feed 500 homes of water that's already doing. We need to reduce, reuse, recycle, and then reuse something again and give it a new use in t that fits into with today's plan. Mm, that's a beautiful thing. So where where did you uh, where did you first hear about uh, where did you just formulate your ideas about the tiny house village, like the village concept? Well, there's a lot of uh, uh, organizations out there on the internet that you know they, they they all go to the trailer. How's he do this and do that? And I just don't like that idea because they're working against different zoning laws. Mm. And I haven't heard anyone go out there and say other than a couple of states that have been real proactive yeah. to getting these. Well, one thing they're doing these big subdivisions for the muckety mucks. You know, they had these things with big lots on there to bank. During the real estate crash, they lost their ass. The banks took them back. They sold them for ten cents on a dollar. Well, nobody's going to build a big house anymore. So they took these and they redeveloped them so you could take a ten-acre parcel and put fifty houses on it and and rearrange the subdivision. And this is where, Jeff. Uh, I believe it's been done out in Washington and Oregon. They've yeah. done similar things that are. <clears throat> so they've created this uh, density zoning for them. And what's neat thing about it, it's your community. It's not my community. I'm helping you get that. You have a voice. You're on a board. It's a cooperative. It's it's grassroots governments pairing and sharing at the root level. That's a beautiful thing. So, Jeff, for those uh, interested in learning more about what you're up to uh, with the Tiny Village, how can they get a hold of you? Well, they can give me a call on my, my cellular phone number, uh, which I answer, and I do return all my calls, 218-290-3949. Or you can uh, look us up on the re uh, website, register on our site, www.tinyvillageusa.com, uh, and we will pop up there, and we'd like to see and like to hear your input. Yeah, I mean, if anyone listening uh, to this podcast is out there in Oregon and <clears throat> and knows about these villages that exist there and wouldn't mind connecting us, connecting Jeff with uh, the folks uh, responsible for those villages out in Oregon and Washington, I think it would really help Jeff's effort because he's a pioneer here in northern Minnesota. And uh, we, we have no legislation that allows this. And I, I believe in Jeff's uh, vision. He's... He's a real giver, and he understands uh, the economics of this 
program too about affordability right Jeff yeah and like I said I'm looking for your input and uh, we're gonna have some spots opening on the board for for board directors and stuff and uh, yeah talk to me I want to hear from you nice nice right on so uh, we're gonna go in and take a sauna but um, <clears throat> Jeff, should we just uh, rest it for a little while? I got a few more questions about sauna. Yeah, what do you think? All right. Okay, we'll be right back at you, folks. This show is brought to you by Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country is staffed by cheerful humans. And wherever Sun Country flies, they are competitive and keep the airfare honest. So whether I'm checking out Temescal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel. So, Jeff, uh, just a couple questions here. Uh, you know, getting back on the sauna thing, um, tell us what, like, a true finished sauna is in terms of the process. You know, obviously you get the fire going, and when it gets up to temp, you know, it's sauna time, right? Well, each one has their own different temperature. I, I like... Uh, I'm I'm old school, a 160. It depends on the time you want to take the sauna. If you want to sit in there for a long time, maybe 140 is comfortable. Every body is different, you know. If you want to take a quick sauna, you know, crank her up to 210, put her at 210, and you'll be out of there real quick. It's whatever time you got on your hands, you know. That's what it relates to, to my book. Yeah, well said. Um, in in uh, we were joking about three rounds, and right, you right, right. you you said to me, I taught you that, Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the three round deal. Well, you know, people always say they come in a sauna and they don't have enough wood in there, especially if your wood isn't dry. If that wood is wet, you're not going to get those rocks hot. Those rocks have to be hot for that sauna to kick out heat. It's just not going to be as effective. Otherwise, you throw the water on there, and you're going to get more like a burn instead of the steam effect because of the too hot of it so uh yeah the the three rounds is you know you take your first round dry the sauna is meant to be dry heat and you know and everybody sweats at a different different level so i like to do it in three rounds if you can jump in the lake after one that's fine and two three rounds and then adding water on that's a whole nother talk about it i'm sure glenn will want to talk about here right no and uh and jeff was uh uh, formative for me and i I, what i love to his point about the sauna and a dry sauna and all that it's the beginning you only i think you said it once this is 20 years ago where you said you only get that feeling once at the beginning of your sauna where the room is dry, that moment only happens at the beginning or through round one. Then the whole vibe changes. Right. It's all about the humidity. You go down to Arizona, it's 100 degrees down there, and it's, well, it don't feel that hot. Well, that's because it's dry. You go down to Florida where the humidity is 80%, 87 degrees, you can't stand it down there. Yeah. So it's all about the humidity in your in your body. Each one has their own body temperature right. and reacts differently to this. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I've taken that upon myself, and I learned it from Jeff. I know it's not anything, you know, Jeff claimed a lot of people that love sauna, including probably many people listening here, understand that you go in the sauna and what you don't do is throw a bunch of water on the rocks. You go into the sauna at round one and, and you acclimate and you build your body temperature up. And then when your round is, I, I mean, I, we were talking about the drips of sweat and you're counting in this. Right, right. For me, it's like when I get a, I just know when it's time to throw water on the rocks yeah, for the first your, time. it's your own preference, uh, what, what you feel like. And the other thing, when I go in that darn sauna, the first thing, especially you got inexperienced people, I tell them, you sit over there, I'm sitting next to the stove and I control the damn water. <laughs> Don't be great. touching that water. <laughs> otherwise, they throw it on her, they're throwing uh-huh. their beers on her, uh-huh. they're farting in there, oh my God, yeah. what a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a good sauna meister understands when, you know, a good sauna, especially if it's your sauna, it's it's not a bad thing uh, to control the water being tossed on sauna rocks because I love that. You know, at that magic moment, after you know, as round one matures, you hit that, a nice dose of, of water creates this wonderful lolu, the steam comes wafing down, right, and right. you just embrace it, right, Jeff? Yeah, I've seen people use uh, like a piece of uh, sheet metal and put it on the top of the stove, and they claim that the steam will come up there and roll around right at yes. you. And I've seen that to be uh, effective in a lot of sauna. I have as well. And, you know, the barrel sauna, 
I can throw it under the bus, but what it does do well is it circulates moisture. It was a, it's a good design from that level. And there's a guy, Owen Christensen, up in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, you'll be hearing more about him. He is uh, building saunas with a uh, sloped ceiling in the hot room because he says it rolls the heat uh, yeah, in the right, steam. Yeah, right, right. Because uh, 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 I believe it's Sisu Saunas. My friend George Rule makes a barrel sauna. And I'll tell you, that's a whole different experience all in itself because the heat just rolls right around you, and it's it's very, very even. Even and, heat, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, well said, very nice. So, Jeff, a couple of rapid-fire questions. Yeah. All right, Unless is there anything more you want to say about no, sauna? No, 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 you're doing good here. You know, I'm just a guest here tonight. I might stay for a week, though. <laughs> you brought your overnight bag. I did. I, I brought my whole office here. You know? Okay. I brought my whole show from here, you know. <laughs> So, Jeff, um, we've talked a lot about mobile sauna, and if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, anywhere in the U.S., the world, wherever, uh, where would you bring it and, uh, and, and why? Well, I, I think Lake Vermilion is a good candidate. Uh, you know, like I learned the last uh, a couple days ago, I learned about uh, these experiences that two people like to have. And my day, everybody want to click material thing. We call it junk, you know. And what's the difference between sh- shit and stuff? Well, my shit is stuff and your stuff is shit. Well, that's the damn difference between that stuff. So I want to create this uh, experience uh, for, for people to come up here and, and enjoy. And I'd like to have some saunas around the lake. I think it'd be a huge attractor. Everybody get drunk up at Bayview and Vermilion Club, pile in the sauna, half naked. Who knows what's going to happen? So maybe there. this mobile sauna would be on a pontoon boat then. Oh, that's an excellent idea. We talked about this before now, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. You thought I was crazy then. Well, I'm still crazy, but that don't mean nothing. So your the answer to your question then <clears throat> would be on Lake Vermilion. Your idea, if you could bring a mobile sauna anywhere, would be uh, on a pontoon boat on Lake Vermilion, so a pontoon sauna. Well, absolutely. You could pull up to someone's cabin. They could rent it and say, well, at 7 o'clock we're going to be on Birch Point. Give us a call, and we'll pull up to your dock, and you can go, and we're going to be coming around Daisy Bay, and you have different little routes you make. What they... Duh. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say duh. I'd say well, great idea. entrepreneurs, you know, come on, get your name in the game here. You know, you got to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning when the birds sing if you want to make money up here. Okay, okay. So, um, Jeff, what one thing about sauna do you think is, you know, as you think about what others around the country or uh, that aren't as familiar with sauna, what one thing about sauna do you think is misunderstood that you'd like people to understand about sauna? Well, they take you, you're going in there, and it's a sweaty place to go, and I don't know if they'll like it. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people like the hot tubs. And I say, well, if you like a hot tub, you've never experienced a good sauna. Once you get a good sauna, you'll never go back to that Galdarn hot tub throwing bubbles up your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you summarize that then, Jeff? I mean, what do you think is most misunderstood about sauna? That uh, you know, know. How, can you, how could you misunderstand a sauna? It's so simple. You just throw some wood in there and throw some water on the rocks and wash it underneath your arm, fart, and go up to the cabin. So, so maybe they think it's a little more complicated. Absolutely, and they just—they've uh, never experienced it. That's—that's yeah. that's the reason. Once they experience it with somebody that knows how to run a sauna, like my friend Glenn here. And what I've taught him and what input he's given to me, we, we just pick each other's brains just steady back and forth. And it's always one for one, and mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. That's nice. That's that's what friendship is, is the give and the take and the yeah. sharing. Yeah. I always said a good deal is, everybody says a good deal is when I steal something like that. No, the, the method of a good deal is when you both, both of you, buyer and seller, do two things they don't want to do, and everything else is in the table. That's how I see a good deal. They do they do two things they don't want to do? Don't want to do. Each one does two things you don't want to do. Forget about the things you want to do. Give me two things you don't want to do that he wants to do and two things he wants to do that you don't want to do. Now you got a good deal because everybody, every deal has at least two things in it that somebody doesn't want to do, and that's what you fight with at the closing table. I see. I see. So your your point to that then is if you acknowledge what the two things are. Right off the you, bat. Yeah. Right off the bat. Don't waste any time. 
Right. Well, you're not going to have it your way. You know, it's not the Burger King. You're not going to get it your way. It's going to be a compromise. A good deal is a fair bargain between two parties bargaining in good faith. People got to understand that. Donald Trump doesn't. He has no idea of that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, um, so Jeff, rapid uh, fire. Guy, he's a bad one, boy. I tell you, that. don't vote for Trump, okay? <laughs> vote for Trump? No, 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 no. Okay. So okay, ra rapid, sorry. rapid. Too much political advisement here. Uh, okay, so that was that a, was that a advertisement? No, no, I don't know what for Trump and Bernie ain't gonna get in, but maybe write him in. I don't know, he might make it. So Jeff, um, so sauna, another rapid fire question, I guess, come to mind. Um, if you uh, uh, could take a sauna with yeah. any, anyone, dead or alive, yeah, in the world, you know, yeah. uh, who would you like to sit on the sauna bench with? Well, I've never really thought that question out because. Um, there's some people I wouldn't sit on a sauna bench with. I think that's a better way to answer that. And I'd take a sauna with just about anybody. And I I don't think it's who they are or what they are. It's what's in their heart that makes difference to me. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. That's what I see. I, I hear the heart before I hear the mind. Mm -hmm. it's, not the, it's not what they say to me. It's what they don't say to me that I listen to. So do you think that that comes out a little bit more on the sauna bench and that you could sort of judge so, who's sauna worth... Sauna conversation is really good. I've had some really deep discussions in the sauna. You're relaxed. You're letting it all out. You know, a little soft music going, a beverage or two, you know. It's just a way to convey thoughts. There's no cell phones in there, those damn cell phones and texting. That's all bullshit. You know, uh, I have a policy with me. You come talk to me, you shut your phone off because if it ever rings, I'll leave. That's mm -hmm. my policy. That's just rude, you know. And you won't get that in the sauna? No, no, you can't. So the phone will melt in there. <laughs> Too hot for phone, yeah. Samsung warranty won't cover it. I tried. So one of the unintended benefits of using foil bubble wrap as an insulative barrier in your sauna hot room is that it's much like the microwave where... Uh, a cell phone won't work in a well-insulated sauna with foil bubble wrap. Yeah, stuff's bad for cell phone reception, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, I really appreciate you being part of Sauna yeah. Talk. It's, uh, it's a to be out here, and I, I'm just having a great time sitting by the lake. I haven't had a day off. And my friend Glenn here, we're sitting on Pine Island, looking out right to where my old cabin used to be, where he used to come over and see me on the boat. I, I, I can remember the time when... Uh, the O.J. Simpson deal came on. Glenn came over. He said, you got to turn on the TV. You got to turn on the TV. O.J. Simpson is running on a chase. And we turned, I cranked up the damn generator, turned on the TV, and yeah. away we went. So we've been friends for a long time, and I, I love him the best. He's, he's my bro, man. Oh, that's well said, man. And, you know, Jeff, I, uh, you know, there's a, there's things about people, you know, that, that, uh, that I gravitate toward, and, I've always been more attracted to a shepherd than a sheep. Yeah, we've been at odds sometimes too, you know. But sure. we, uh, we're friends. We get back together. We, yeah, we agree to disagree. Right. And you are not a sheep. I will. I will say that one. You know, you're a unique thinker. Uh, you don't go with conventionality. Um, and I think that you know there. If you more, you taught me to think outside the box. <laughs> well, you taught me you that, go. boy. Look outside the box. Yeah. So, Jeff, last one on sauna yeah. is, uh, <clears throat> is when you think about the entire sauna, like this sauna, okay, is probably... That's one on Lake Vermillion. What the hell are you talking about? Well, yeah. Harlan Cyril's there, but I know some pack sucker about that damn thing. <laughs> okay. But so when you think about your sauna experience from the actual beginning of it, like as it started yeah. this morning, like I'm going to oh, go out yeah. to Pine Island and take a sauna. Yeah. From f You could say that's the beginning of the sauna experience till right now, like we're done with the sauna experience. And you right. could even argue that the sauna experience will extend to when you put your head on your pillow tonight. So... So I'm framing this up when oh, you think... Oh, sleep good tonight right by the lake out here, the yeah. loon howling in the background. Oh, my God. This, yeah. this is uh, this is truly God's country up here on Pine Island. Amen. Amen. As you think about that whole process, um, you know, what one moment do you enjoy most it, 
in the sauna process, the thinking, the planning, the building the fire, the round one, round two. Well, the I, I actually like to start the damn sauna, and Glenn knows that. I come up many times, let me start that thing. You just from 612, you don't know how to do that shit, you know. And I have my way of starting it, and I taught him the little paper tray. We tear it into, like, confetti-like stuff by tearing the edges. You got to tear it the right way. You can't go against the grain. Or birch bark. Or birch bark, but uh, that little feather, that thing, it really makes to start quick you know yeah right on so it, as you think about the sauna process mm -hmm. you know the whole spectrum of yeah. beginning middle yeah. end rounds yeah. sleeping whatever like like when someone says sauna like what is the one part of that sauna experience that you enjoy most and well, why i enjoy two parts of it i enjoy the the heat and i enjoy all parts of it the steam coming off the rocks the jump in the lake the whole thing but the the cool down time is is really special, and really beneficial. And I've I've monitored my blood pressure during this, and it's amazing what what your blood pressure does from when you get out, what you get at, because you've conditioned your heart and your cardiovascular system to go up to a level it hasn't been on before, and then it cools down slowly, and so, later you can achieve different levels of that. So the the benefits of health, you know, and again, you have to consult with your doctor like all advertisements say, but it's, uh, those old Finlanders live to be 100 years old, and that's because they go sound, a lot of them, every night. Yeah, right on, right on. You you touched on, I'm so glad you said that, you touched on something. Um, can you share with listeners a little bit about blood pressure specifically um the, i'll put a link to the post on sauna times about yeah, jeff I wrote that and, one for you yeah that on that blood pressure and i've done studies i'm a i was a first responder and emergency medical technician for many years on the fire department so i still have my jump kit i carry it wherever i go i brought it out here at glenn kind of laugh this you never know when you're going to have an emergency and I have another thing I say, too. I said, you never know when you save a life, but you sure know when you lose one. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's some good stuff. Have you lost one in your work? I, many, many of my uh, fellow workers and stuff. And it's, is, it, stuff is it hard to talk about even today? It is. It is. It, those people are your brothers. You work with them. Your life depends on them. Their life depends on you. Back to the uh, blood pressure thing. So yeah. share, share with well, the listeners a little bit about I your... What I found with myself is <clears throat> I use this little mixture I throw on the rocks. We It was in the last post. And what is it? It's real simple to make. You just take a cup and uh, you boil the water in it. And once you get it to a boil in a cup, I want you to add some garlic salt and some cinnamon. And I like to use green tea, ginseng, uh, what what's that other tea that everybody drinks? Ginger. Of? No, it's not ginger. It's um, ginseng. Uh, ginseng tea, really good. Mm -hmm. And you mix that all together in there. So you got garlic, you got cinnamon. You can even throw a little bit of honey in there if you like. You know, and sweeten up the load a little bit. And then you boil that up, and you know, just kind of experiment with it. You know, see what what fits your need. You can get it too strong. It might be a little, you know, hard on you. So go go lightly on it and see what you like the, the most on it. And when you say go lightly, you're talking about what process? Well, I just, it's just, a, I just, I'm the, you know, the sprinkle thing in there. You know, Martha Stewart won't approve. On the rock. No, I'm talking in the, in the cup before oh. we put it in the microwave. And then I take one of these Folgers coffee things that are just perfect, get handles on and everything. And I pour that cup, I mix it all up in that cup of water, everything all mixed up nice and hot. And I throw it in there and make sure it's all mixed good. And I throw cold water because you don't want to throw hot water in the sauna. It defeats the purpose. You want you want the steam effect right now. Right. And uh, I have found, I have high blood pressure. I take medication for it. If I take a sauna every night, it will lower my top and bottom numbers after the cool down by 20 points. And, I and that sustains itself through the night? Uh, when I get up in the morning, I'm, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit higher, but uh, it's not within levels that I'm concerned about. Wonderful. And so this cocktail you're speaking about, you uh, bring that down to the sauna, right? 
Right, in a, in a Folgers coffee thing. And then what? And then what I do you reduce, do? I reuse, I recycle everything. That's how I do things. You know, I and, get a couple of uses out of it before I throw it away. You know. Right, right. And so, it's, what do you do with this cocktail, like this mixture? Then I just take a little cup I have and I dip in. And I got my little special cup, you know, and I throw it on on the rocks and then just breathe in, real deep breathe in. It'll find out, it'll clear your sinuses. It'll take care of you if you got. Uh, feeling in your nose when you blow your nose it bubbles out of your ear it'll take care of that it, it just opens up your pore and garlic is a natural for lowering blood pressure so what you're doing is putting huge amounts into your system to get the effect immediately you know it's kind of like the drug addict shooting up man you're right there you know because it's going in every pore every pore in your body is open and it's going in there and uh it's Try it. It's tremendous so, so it's result. A gentle mixture. But again, consult your doctor. Make sure before you're capable of taking a song. I have to say that. Right. <laughs> you're talking about a gentle mixture of garlic. Yes. Green tea. Green tea or ginseng or whatever you got. Sometimes I put in that uh, sleepy time and oh, but you hit the sack. Oh <laughs> my God! It's lights out and the dreams are sweet. And uh, what was the third ingredient? Uh, the garlic. So you got uh, and the cinnamon and the cinnamon. Cinnamon also has for people that have high blood pressure, blood pressure lowering quantity. Cinnamon is very, very good for your system. Cinnamon, honey, garlic are very good for the body. Mm -hmm. So you came about with this cocktail, this recipe, this this liquid to be tossed on sauna rocks, and you extracted some of the uh, pardon the pun, but you you. You came up with this because you know that these it compounds are very good. My, you know, I do a lot. Of, I am well read on the internet, and I read a lot of things that come across Facebook. So. Garlic good for blood pressure. Absolutely, it's all it has been. You know, cinnamon good for blood pressure. Good for blood pressure. Uh, ginseng improves uh, uh, mind thinking and encourages things like that. So, so your deductive reasoning, Jeff, was let's take these. Com- compounds these it's things cocktail. <laughs> and put it on the sauna rocks absolutely absolutely try it out you know there's different things they make you eucalyptus oil you can throw on there which has some mm-hmm. benefits too but it's expensive what the hell you mix it up in your house save some money love it you know one of the things and this this is we're going to try this for sure and i appreciate the uh, recipe jeff you know one of the things that uh, that i enjoy is um we make a tea of uh, balsam so, Jeff, what we'll do, and this is total natural, right on Lake Superior, right outside of Tom's sauna, is a balsam tree right on the deck. I was going to cut a couple of cedar trees, and I come yeah. do like the old Finlanders. They slap you on the back. Now, that's therapeutic, too. Cedar Absolutely. There's a lot of things they're finding. There's this... Uh, there's a chonga, chonga that grows on these birch trees, okay. and I have a friend that uses that, and I'd really like to grind up some of that and throw it over to sauna because that is huge. The the Chinese are paying incredible prices. You can sell it on eBay. It's a chonga chugga or something like and, that. And it it's, grows on birch trees, and it's all over up here. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so the vita is what you're speaking about where you take young growth uh, branches from the birch. Or from uh, from the cedar trees, yeah. Yep. Birch trees, they use those too. Yeah, yep. yeah. And the yep, and the cedar is nice in that it, the and cedar you, oil is on your and skin. And you slap each other on yeah. the back, and what it does is open up your pores. That's see, it. yeah. Yeah, right on. That's good. So and so, what we'll do is we'll make a balsam tea, and uh, this is not you know as a oh, whip yeah, or whatever. Balsam, that's just a weed up here. Yeah, that's yeah. a six one two. The people come here. Oh, look at the nice pine trees. They're freaking weeds, man. Yeah. Norway's white pines, right. jack pines. Uh, no, I completely yeah, agree. Uh, balsam, balsam are weeds. You know, and balsam have a really bad rap because they're so flammable. They're the things. Oh, you throw them in a fire and they just boom, they yeah. just explode, you know. Yeah. But it only lasts for like you know, 19 seconds, though. So. so the balsam have been uh, blamed, and I think rightfully so, for creating fires up here where the natural pine are resistant to the lightning uh, fires of the woods. And, and so what happens is that when you have balsam, is it creates that thermal plume that plume fire where yeah, yeah not good no no uh, you know and then the popple trees too uh, they're they're they get dry in air conductor you know they call them uh, 
aspen out in Colorado, but they don't grow like our popples. Uh, our popples grow big. The aspen is a much smaller tree. If you mm-hmm. see a six-inch diameter, it's a big tree. Yes, up in the altitude. So, Jeff, um, wonderful to have you on Sauna Talk. Yeah. Uh, love talking sauna. Yeah, I just, this is, it just made my day because I've been, you know, my father passed away, and I've had a lot of grief to deal with, and kids and problems. You know, you know the stories, and they're all falls down you gotta get back up again thanks for listening to sauna talk folks and uh, we'll be back at you with another episode hopefully soon